Our second scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to another one each according to their word, and then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and treated with them, and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master And after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the council. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed me over, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a Reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But as Master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what was my own interest. So take the talent from them and give it to the one with ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have their own But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless servant, throw him out, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I think I said often 
This passage has always really challenged me for a handful of reasons. Um, on one hand, I really struggle with the image of the person who in this story has less, who does what I think I would do if I had less, and holds on to the thing which God has given me. And the punishment that comes from that. As much as I want to say that's not punishment, as much as I want to say that there is a result of their action, there is a consequence to this action. And I really struggle with that. I also confess that I struggle with the idea that those who have more are just given more. What do we do with that in this world right now? Where those who have so much more seem to be continuing to acquire so much more. And so often we use their theological grounding as the reason. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. And yet I think that that is, for me, an indication of my own continued healing process. Because I realize I am so stuck in a framework of thinking about money in the scarcity mindset where even if I had a whole lot, I think I would be tempted to view it as very little. And I would be tempted to take that whole lot and to put it away. I think the message that Adam is trying to get to us here is that everything you have, as Jen said, be it donuts or gifts or skills or finances, is not I miss the idea that I have an opportunity to invest in something new 
and excitement and unimagined that then can become so much more. There's a point in time in the last few years since I've talked a number of times when I was without a job for about a year and a half and was very dependent upon the support of others. I've told this story before, but let me tell it When I found myself so scared about where the next like source of income is going to come, so scared. And at some point that fear, I finally just faced it. And I named it. And I sat down with it. And I said, I'm afraid that God isn't going to provide. And around about that time, I had a good little whatever that was that woke me up and said, wait a second, has there ever before been a time when God has not provided us? Ever. Whatever my first fear was, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to provide for my child. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to pay my rent or my mortgage. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I'm afraid I'm not going to have food. And even more, I'm afraid that I'm going to be a failure. Because I'm marking all of these marks of success by financial means, rather than whether or not I have acknowledged and seen and claimed the ways that God has continued to show up for me again and again and again. And around that point, I started to think about money in a very different way. I started thinking about money as energy, as energy that's just flowing in and out and through. And what happened then is that I started giving away money that I had. When I would have money come in, I would make a point of actually giving away at least 10% of that money. The tie is 10%. So I would give a $20 bill to someone asking for money. And what I found was that I started to feel a lot more free in the way that I interacted with that money. And what I also found was that I shifted the way that I viewed other people. I viewed myself. Things became less and less about a threat to my security and more and more about an invitation for me to participate in the abundance of God. And wouldn't you know, God continued to show up. God would show up in these ways that I was often and still and often surprised by. But again and again and again, what happened was that God would show up with exactly the amount I needed and more. And so what that would mean was like I can remember at one point specifically being, uh, being asked to speak at a bunch of clergy uh, people in the area. So I was invited and I went and I spoke. And, um, and at the end of the, the gathering, um, the person, the pastor who convened um, the event, handed me an envelope with seventy-five dollars. And this was in March, so it was early after I'd already got my, I'd already got a job. Seven houses. Like, this is awesome. I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to get paid for this. I did get seventy-five bucks. Later that day, or maybe the next day, I was here at Westminster, and uh, a woman called me, needing some help. She had a place to go in a couple of days, but she needed help in a hotel. She said, can you call the United Hotel and make these all the paper? And we didn't have an amount of time, any resources here. So I said, sure, I'll call. I called the hotel, and I said, yes, I'd have to pay for this woman's room for the night. Can you tell me how much it costs? Can you guess how much it costs? $75. I think it was actually $72. So I got all $3. $3. But even more, I got the experience of seeing this very clear connection, one to the other. Started a new worshiping community, this 
It's been a wonderful invitation to trust the abundance of God. Because I tell you what, there are so many times when I'm like, I don't know how we're going to be able to pay Charles' salary. I'm getting salary here, so I'm not getting the salary. And there are those times when I say, I don't know what we're going to do next month. And wouldn't you know, every single time, next month is taken care of. I saw my cousin in March at a gathering for my mom's birthday. And he's asking about everything. My cousin and I haven't talked in years. He's a boy. He has boy with guys. And I'm telling him about this new worship community. He's like, you need some more. He's like, well, actually, I'm looking for a Actually, I do. He's like, okay. End of the conversation. A couple weeks later, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to pay Charles. I wake up the next morning to a text message from my cousin saying, I believe you. And there was $5,000 Again, I can tell you these stories again and again and again and again. But what's been interesting, and I've said this before, and now that I do have a speech, now that I do know, at least for the next several months, right? At least until the PNC does it. I get nervous with getting away from you. I get I catch myself getting nervous about am I gonna be provided? Am I gonna be cared for? And literally all I joke about is how can I do this whenever I have a study paycheck like this? Because that's what money can do sometimes. It can make us afraid that there's not going to be enough. It can draw us into this illusion of something other than the reality that God is all that is. Money has a way of pulling us into this scarcity thinking so quickly. So They're like, I don't know what I'm asking my 
We have enough 
is a chaotic time. The veil between this experience that we are having in our physical reality and the God is all that is feels very thin. Something else put up on that, this weird, it's almost like a weird thing. You were going around like, what is happening? Is that just me? Is anybody else like looking around the world? What is happening? It's a wild time. It's a wild time. Yes. It's a wild time. So I want you to say something. I want you to say, we're going to be okay. Give as if 